Uh, week one, we are a church of love. Week two, we are a church of the Holy Spirit manifest presence. Is it just my wife? Are you answering, honey? Was that you? Who is that? Is that you? I'm so proud of you. She's the only one that's answering. Which means I'm proud of her and nobody else. Number three, we talked last week, we're a church of the Word of God. We teach and preach the Word here. Uh, the next one we'll be talking about is prayer and intercession. The following one is missions. And then our last one, which is not really last, it's just in the orders that we're a church that values all people from all generations. Today I'm going to move that one forward and talk about it uh, just for this simple reason. We've got kids here in the church, and our Genesis Kids Church are with us today. Can I hear it from the Genesis Kids Church? Whoop! That's what I'm talking about. And may I borrow your paper for just a minute? One of you? One thing that Pastor Carla does here is uh, she gives them when we have these family days where it's the fifth Sunday and the kids are here in church with us in the adult service, they take notes. And they turn them in to Pastor Carla who then reads the notes to me about what I talked about to see if I am actually getting through to the children. You got to get through the children, you know what I'm saying? You got to get through to them. And so kids, your first line item that I would like for you to take notes on. I love Pastor Bob. I love Pastor Bob. Write it down. Go ahead and write that down because that's, that's a great, great note to take. Thank you. We are a church that values all people from all generations. Is a core value of who we are. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's an, or, an organizational uh, pro, a pledge, principle, if you will, but it needs to be ingrained into who we are. I'm glad the kids are with us today, and I hope that some of the things we talk about today, and I'll probably address the kids a little bit today, uh, because they're, they are a big part of who we are, and they're very, very important to us. But Covington First Assembly, to all of our kids that are here today, I was just like you. I came here. I came to Sunday school classes. I had teachers just like you have. I had a pastor just like you have. And uh, I I had to sit in these classes and and they used uh, these pictures that would go on the flannel graph and they would tell stories just like you still have, some of you. And I would learn and grow. And I didn't know at the time that I was going to be the pastor of the church. And neither did any of my teachers. (laughs) Matter of fact, they didn't think it would ever happen. They never even imagined in their wildest dreams. And then the day happened and it came and they were like, oh Lord, help us all. So you guys, while you come to this church, this isn't just your mom and dad's church. It's not just your grandparents' church. It's not your friend's mom's church or whatever else. This is your church. And you are very important to us and we love you. Okay? And I'm glad that you're here. I, to, to our older folks in the room, I want you to know something. You probably all think that I love you very much, and I do, and I do, and that every time I see you, that you are the greatest thing in the world, and you're just, I'm so happy to see you. But I just have to let you know that, that you, I, while I'm happy to see you, it pales in comparison to these little kids that come give you leg hugs. You know what I'm saying? You can't beat a leg hug. And you say, what's a leg hug? I don't know what a leg hug is. It's when they're this tall. 
And they can't reach nothing but your leg. And they come running up and they say, Pastor Bob. And they come up and grab your leg and they just hold it and they look up at you and smile with two teeth. (laughs) And it's the greatest thing in the world and you just rub their little head and squeeze them next to your leg and tell them you love them. That is the greatest part of my job. I love it. I love the kids of our church. I, I remember reading the passages when I was a child and having it taught to us about Jesus when the, they were bringing the children to Jesus and uh, the disciples were like, oh no, he's too important. He's too special. You can't come to Jesus. He's too great. No, keep the children away. They're obnoxious. And Jesus said, oh no, no, no. Don't hinder the little children from coming to me. For such is the kingdom of heaven. It belongs to these. Write that down, kids. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who have childlike faith. Just put the kingdom of heaven as mine. The Lord loves you. The Lord loves all of us. And this church has always been a church where we have loved all generations. You know we love our kids. We just build an addition for them. Amen? But... But people are going to know. We can say we love all people from all generations, but they're going to know when they come through the door whether or not we really love all people from all generations. This morning, it worked out great to have Brother Les and Linda leading worship for us today. I appreciate Les and Linda. Uh, Pat had said the other day, Les is a little bit nervous. He's he's not done this in a while. And I said, you got to get the horse out, the old horse out, run him every once in a while. Well, then that conversation took a bad twist. And then it created an uncomfortable moment at the business meeting the other night, which I apologize to Linda for. But anyway. You ever heard of hoof and mouth disease? Your pastor has it in a really bad way. All the way up to the ankle. But my point is this, folks. What a wonderful day today. We have have some folks who have led worship for a lot of years. Linda... Linda, I appreciate her and her service and her time that she's put in here. She, she, was, she was my compadre. She was my sidekick for years when I was leading worship, playing the piano. And I kept saying, tinkling the ivories over there and all that stuff. And uh, appreciate her up there today. And Brother Les did a great job. It's good to have him. I know he, he led worship years and years and years down at Cayuga. And, and possibly other places, I don't know, but especially Cayuga, I know he was. And, uh, and he did a great job up here this morning. We've had, we've had a, a multi-generational service already. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it okay? Here's the thing. At our church, we love everybody from all generations. We have age, and age-specific and gender-specific ministries, but we don't exclude anybody. You know what I love about our church? We have little babies in the nursery. We have kids over here in GK Junior. We have our kids' church with us this morning. You know what, kids, in kids' church, you want to know something about adults that you didn't know before? You can put this in your notes. Old people like puppets. It's true! Old people like puppets. It's true. How many, how many old people in the room like puppets? I like puppets. That's right. We all like puppets. And when I say old people, I are one to them, okay? We're over 20. We're all old. <laughs> old people like puppets. But here's the thing. I, in most cases, in most scenarios, the adults here wouldn't want to go to Genesis Kids Church and do everything that Pastor Carla does with these kids. Uh, you probably wouldn't do it because it's not designed for you. 
And you probably wouldn't want, okay, you wouldn't want to go to youth. I love our teenagers. I love their, I love their energy. I love their vision. I love their excitement. I love going places with teenagers. I don't do it anymore because I'm the senior pastor and you've got to kind of step out of that stuff. But I miss that. I love convention. I love camp. Camp's like the greatest place in the world. Camp is the bomb. Write that down. Camp is the bomb. You need to go to camp this summer. Camp is the bomb. Isn't it? And some people will say, I don't think I want to be there. You would love it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's there. The teaching and preaching of the Word is there. It's just done in a different style. The methods are different, but the message never changes. And you, and you kids now, you say, well, I don't want to go to prime timers. <laughs> oh, prime timers, that's no fun. Let me tell you what they do at prime timers. Nothing. No, I'm just kidding. They feed you. They feed you amazing food, okay? How many teenagers like amazing food? Raise your hands. That's what, how many kids like amazing food? That's what I'm talking about. They feed you all your grandparents, and everybody knows how to cook and has been doing it a long time. They go there, okay? That's prime timers. They feed you, and then if you're the pastor, they not only feed you. Here's what they do. They tell you, say, oh, pastor, you should go first. You're the pastor. And I always say, no, 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 let others go. It's fine. Oh, pastor, you should be up. No, no. And they act real generous. But then after you eat, they make fun of you. They tell pastor jokes at your expense, and they like it. And it's okay, because they are my elders, and I respect them, and I laugh at their jokes about me. Listen, you feed me a good meal, you can do anything you want to me. I don't care. The method's different, amen? No, they do some great things. They sing songs, they have fellowship, they play games. They, 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 uh, Roger does usually have joke time, which is awesome, by the way, and some other stuff they do. It's an awesome group of fellowship. Our men's and women's ministries do things differently, but we don't exclude anyone. Why? Because this, this is important. We value all people. Our men, we shoot things. And I've had women say, Pastor, why don't you let the women come to meet and skeet? Because it's the men's ministries. That's why. And we don't want the women there showing us up. And I know there are some in the room that could. Because they're always like, hey, preacher, how come you don't let us come out and shoot guns with you? Well, it's a men's event, and I, I wish you could. <laughs> and then after they walk away, you're like, I'm glad they don't, because they're better than us. <laughs> you say, Pastor, what, what's your point? Our church is a church that values all people. doesn't matter what, what gender you are. doesn't matter what generation you come from. doesn't matter your skin color. doesn't matter your background. And it doesn't even matter at our church whether or not you have special needs. We love our sunshine class. Those, you want somebody to pray for you? You ever have a need? Folks, I'm dead serious. If you ever have a need that you want prayed for and somebody get a hold of heaven for you, that would be our sunshine class. Room full of prayer, prayer warriors. Full of it. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's contagious in there. They just pray and pray for one another and pray for any. Folks, listen, we love all people. Everybody's valuable here. That's who we are. My question to you, though, is, is, is have you made that a, a principle of your life? Do you value all people that you come into contact with? Do you see everybody that you, you, you run into? Are they important because they're a creation of God and He loves them? Or is it only based off of what you can get from them? In our church, and we're going to go through this now, 
You know, our church has had a great heritage. Our church has had a wonderful heritage over the last 86 years old. Kids, you can write that down. Our church is 86 years old. 86. And over 86 years, we've had some bumps, sure. Every family's got bumps. Amen? But every family needs to have this in it. And this is what our church has always had in it. In 86 years, I've got a picture on my wall to prove it. That at every level, we've had grandparents. We've had parents. We've had single adults. We've had uh, young families with kids. And we've had children and babies. And if we were to take a picture of our church today, you would have all these things. And you would say, Pastor, why is that important to you? Because a healthy family has all those things. And we'll always have those things. I hate to break this to you, but the young will become old someday. Right? And, and here's what the Word of God says in Deuteronomy 32.9. I'm going to get to 2 Corinthians in a second. It says, For the Lord's portion is His people, Jacob, His allotted inheritance. And when I stop and I consider that, and this is a very important verse to me, and has been a very important verse to me for all my years in ministry, and I'll explain why, and then we'll dive into all the Scriptures to kind of back up everything I'm saying. Are we okay with that? Is everybody good? Amen. This is an important verse to me. Because people, everybody say people. People are the inheritance of God. When we talk about inheritance, we talk about all the things we're going to receive someday in the presence of God. Amen? We have a great inheritance someday. You know what God's inheritance is? Everything that He, he has everything. You know what His inheritance is? You. People. And as a pastor, what I am called to do is to love and minister to people. All people. I'll never forget the day that the Lord brought a revelation to me as I sit in my office as a youth pastor and I'd had an exceptionally hectic Monday, Tuesday. And it was at this time, Tuesday afternoon, and I was struggling to get done what I needed to get done by Wednesday. And I had some other things I was trying to work ahead on. And I was frustrated because I, my day had just been taken from me. It was more and more stuff adding up. And so here it was, 3 o'clock. Well, school gets out, 15 minutes. I have a room full of teenagers. I'm sitting in my desk working with my computer and suddenly there's seven teenage boys and maybe one or two girls in my office chattering <laughs> about the day. Well, so-and-so said this. Did you do that homework? And, that? Oh. <laughs> and I do this and kind of peek around my computer and look at them for a second and then go back and it's like <laughs> and inside I'm boiling. You know what I'm saying? Now, it's not like that old song, it's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling in my soul, I'm singing, I'm shouting. It's not that song that's bubbling. You know what I'm saying? I was boiling. I was like, Lord, how am I supposed to ever get anything done with these stinking kids in my office? And I sit there, and and God says, what are you doing? I'm trying to get ready for tomorrow night. Trying to get ready for tomorrow night. When I had a captive audience in my office, I was, I was frustrated with them at that moment talking when I was trying to get ready for tomorrow when I was going to preach in youth. I was missing it. And the Lord, I, I argued with him. I said, I said, God, I got work to do. This is the conversation I'm having in my head. If I'd had it out loud, they wouldn't have known because they were still talking. <laughs> I said, God, I've got work to do. And he says, Bob, they 
are your work. I closed my computer and I looked at him and I said, who wants ice cream? Now that's ministry. If I got to stop doing what I got to do, I'm going to get some ice cream out of it. Bless God, a little hot fudge sundae, whooped cream and a cherry on top. Folks, listen, people matter. People matter. I have people all the time, Pastor, I I didn't want to bother you because I I know you're probably busy. Listen, folks, don't ever not contact me because you're worried that I might be busy. I'm always busy. Always. Here's the good news. You're my work. Amen? You are what I'm called to, to, to minister to. You, it's, it's not just now. It can't just be now. Some of you right now are still waiting for it. I'm waiting, preacher. You've got a little bit of time here to finish up. It, it can't be just now. It's got to be about people. Amen. Do you love people? Do you love people outside of your family? Do you love people that are easily loved? And do you love people that are hard to love? Is this a core value for who you are? If you're a member of First Assembly, I hope it is. If you're not a member of First Assembly, I hope that this core value is attractive to you and you say, you know what? That's who I am. I fit here. We love people here. That's who we are. Why? Why is this so important? Because this one really is number six in our core values because it ties everything together. So forgive me as I jump through these quickly and hit them and then come back to do two more next week. But today was just a perfect day for it. We've got to be a church that loves all people from all generations. Our first core value is that we're a church of love. So my first point is, is the love of Christ doesn't prefer any generation over another. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21 says this, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all. How many? One died for all. And therefore, all died. And he died for All that those who live should no longer live for themselves. No longer live for themselves in a life that worries about me and my life, but to live for Christ, but for Him who died for who? Them. And was raised again. We could stop right there and be done. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. Who's them? Us, me, and who else? All. Everybody. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through Through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As I read all that, there's a lot of stuff to simply say this, that we are Christ's ambassadors. If Jesus went to the cross and died for all so that we could live for him, then we need to understand that that message of the all-inclusive gospel, we are the ambassadors or the carriers of that message from God to man. 
They are, the people are, your agenda. Everybody that you come into contact with, God has placed on your agenda. And He has told you to go and speak to them and share with them the love of Christ. Our church today, if you are young, we love you. If you're in the middle, we love you. If you're creeping closer to Jesus, we love you. Amen? Is that not the cycle? Listen, I am closer to Jesus than Dusty is. Right? But just because I'm closer to Jesus than Dusty is, doesn't mean I'm not any good anymore. Just because you're older in years, please don't remove yourself from pouring into the lives of the younger. You're not washed up. You're not useless. So many, so many people I, I visit and, and minister to, and they say, uh, Pastor, my time's gone. Uh, the Lord, I don't know why the Lord don't take me, and, and I, I'm just not good for anything anymore. That's an absolute lie of the enemy. As long as there's breath in your lungs, you're useful for the kingdom. As long as those eyes open and close every day, you can be used in a mighty powerful way. God wants to use you. There is nobody that's of greater importance or less importance in the kingdom of God. Amen? So the love that we have for people is a love that has to be non-discriminatory. It's got to be something that's for others. It can't be something that's uh, where we regard people from a worldly standpoint. No, it's easy for people to regard one another in a worldly standpoint. When I became youth pastor years ago, there was a little bit of a division between our adults and our teens. And I, I'll, I'll be honest, I understood both sides. Well, teenagers, they have no respect for the building. They just damage things and destroy things. And they're just... Well, I get that because they were. And then the teenagers, stupid old people, all they worry about is their stupid building and their stuff. And they don't, they don't even care about us. They don't care about anybody but themselves. And that's what I got plugged into. Hey, welcome to the ministry. So you know what we did? We loved. We loved the kids. We loved those who didn't understand. And I was a little bit manipulative. Can you forgive me for being a little bit manipulative? Because I know Christ is in you. I know Christ is in you. So when I had opportunity to speak whether it be at an annual business meeting or whether it be at a service when Pastor Mark was gone, here's what I did. I told stories. I didn't tell names. I would tell stories about kids. And I would tell you the truth about who they are and their lives and what Christ was doing in their lives. And I would tell you, thank you for loving them. Every time you hug one of their necks when they come in the door, these kids, they don't have families at home that do that. These kids are, are in this situation, this situation, and, and you're the only light and love of Christ that they see. I know they look funny. I know they act funny. They smell funny. They talk funny. Whatever it be, love them, hug them, treat them with respect. I know their hair is funny collars. Who cares? Love them. And you know what happened? is that as they would come in the door, I started to see people begin to embrace them, and I began to see those boundaries break down both directions. What broke them down? Love. Non-discriminatory, non-opinionated love. So many times there's a lot of boundaries we build up in our lives between people, and we try to tear them down by force, and you can't tear them down by force. The only way you're going to tear those down is by love. By patience. 
by embracing people where they are, meeting them where they are, caring for them where they are, loving them in their imperfections, taking time to listen to them when you're sitting there thinking this makes no sense. That's how you break those barriers down. And you did it. Congratulations. Today now, those students, many of the students I shared stories about are leaders. They're in ministry. They're, they're, they are pastors. They are uh, missionaries. They are serving our communities in different ways. Why? And serving Christ. Why? Because you loved them. There's no higher calling than that, folks. It doesn't get any better than that. Everybody's valuable. Secondly, the Holy Spirit was given without preference. Our number core value is the manifest presence of God. In Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 18, says, In the last days God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Then skipping down to verses 38 and 39, it says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you, your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This is important to us because the Holy Spirit doesn't distinct between people. This, this is not a gender thing here, folks. The Holy Spirit, God said, hey, I'm going to pour my spirit out on both your sons and your daughters. Do you realize how controversial that was in the day? There are still a lot of people who don't like the fact that women are in ministry and a woman should never have the title pastor and a woman can't have this and a woman can't have that in a lot of these things. And I know we all have differing, differing ideas about how that should look, but we have on staff a woman pastor by the name of Pastor Carla. She does pastor and teach and minister to our children. Hey guys, in your notes, write, I love Pastor Carla. She'll appreciate that. It'll make her day. She'll be really happy. And she'll think you guys are the greatest. And if you put, I love her the most, then she's going to think you love her the most. Just saying. Not me, you. You guys say, I love Pastor Carla. Not Pastor Bob loves Pastor Carla. She already knows that. She just doesn't know if you guys love her or not. She does, but it'll just make her feel good. See, Pastor Carla's at her brand new, her, her grandbaby's baby dedication today is where she's at. So she doesn't get to hear me say all this stuff. So it'll be good for her to have all these when she reads through them. But this was very controversial. The Lord said he's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh, your sons and daughters. It's important for us folks. We have to realize that our girls are valuable. Our young girls and our, our, the women in our church are valuable. Our women's ministry does a lot of great work here. Why? Because they're valuable and the spirit of God is prophesying and working through them. Amen? A lot of women marched last week in Washington, D.C. Whatever your opinion is about it, it doesn't matter. But in the kingdom of God, all people are valuable. In the church of God, they should all be valuable. Right? As I've said before, well, God can't prophesy through a woman. He's used a donkey. Apply that to your life however you see fit. Folks, listen, we, we, need to, we need to break down these barriers and allow God to use our girls. Amen? The other thing is that it wasn't age-specific. It says your young men and your old men. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Right? 
The methods are different, correct? Methods are different, but the end result is the same. It's still a revelation from God. I love and I appreciate so much the fact that this church has always been a church where even the methods are different, but, but there's this continual raising up of others where the young become old, the old are working, the young are working, the young become old, the young are raised up and working, the older are working, the young become old, and the young are raised Listen, that's the cycle. I remember, kids, I remember uh, being in the back of, of the van when I was a teenager, coming back from Kings Island. And I was, the, I was the mouthy kid that got in the back seat and was like, all the way home. I was tired. Uh, but April and I, one year, we were driving back from Kings Island. I was drinking, hammering caffeine, trying to stay awake. And I was pretty awake. And she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm, I'm fine. I'm wide awake. And we just began talking. So remember when we were kids, we were teenagers, and we rode in the back of the van and back and forth to Kings Island. We slept all the way home, and we didn't have to worry about whether we were going to live or die. We just slept, and we just woke up at home. She said, yeah. I said, wasn't that nice? That was nice. And now it's, it's up to us and the people behind us and the cars. And we've we got to get somewhere. And uh, we talked about that. And then we started remembering when we were kids. And Pastor Steve did that for us and, and poured into us and cared about us. And, and we received so much. And, and now it's our turn. So I said, now it's our turn. It's our turn. You see, it's always about the young and the old. The old pouring into the young, raising up the young so that they can pour into the young again. Amen? And, and at the time that I was asleep in the back of that van, I wasn't thinking I was going to be a youth pastor someday. And no parent in the world was thinking, I'm going to entrust my kids to go somewhere with him someday. <laughs> but it happened. Because that's who we are. And we don't discriminate in that. And we don't... Pick and choose who that is. When God anoints, when God raises up, we see them raised up and we see them used and blessed of God. In Ephesians 4, it talks about unity, verses 3 through 6. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, there is one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. There's a whole lot of alls there. And when we read that, we see the word one. Our students, our one student ministry is called one for the intention of seeing them be one and purposeful of being one together. But they are more than one together in themselves. They are a valuable part of this church. They are one with us. When this is talking about unity, it's talking about unity and all of it and how each division and each group works cohesively together. This is who we've got to be. The word of God wasn't given for one generation over another. 2 Timothy 3 verses 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned. We read this last week in in this passage last week. Convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through the faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures God breathes is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Word of God crosses all ages, all race, all gender. Never be one of those people that says, well, those kids aren't important. The Word of God is for us adults who can comprehend it. We've been around for 50 years, bless God. I know these things and I can read the Word and I can comprehend it. Listen, there are children today that can comprehend the Word of God. That's why we teach it here. 
And they take a story, an account of David and Goliath, and it gets into their spirit and they remember and it's going to stick with them all their lives. And when they're older and they're facing different giants, they're going to say, you know, David, I remember hearing about David when I was in Genesis Kids Church and how he stood up to a giant in his life and how God helped deliver him. Why do we teach what we teach to our kids? They are able to learn. And I'm telling you, these kids, they will blow you away with their understanding of Scripture and Bible stories. If you will listen to them and give them an opportunity, if you aren't careful, they'll teach you something. I'm not saying all the time, but there's moments. Kids are very perceptive. Always watching. So don't lord it. Over them by saying, you're too young, you don't know, you'll never... One of these days you'll get, no, 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 don't do that. I've had people do that to me in my age as a pastor. You realize i got 50 years on you and you don't know what you're to listen. Don't do that to a kid. It's just as that's disrespectful to me. Don't do it to a kid. God's not selective on the age or the gender or the race. And the Word of God is for all of us. It's for all. And they have to know the word if they're going to follow. Fourthly, prayer and intercession isn't an age-specific thing. Ephesians 6.18 And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert and, keep all, and always keep on praying for all the saints. Quickly, uh, when does a person become a saint? Who's a saint? When do you become a saint? Huh? Joyce, you're always right. Anybody else? When you're born again, when you become a believer, that's, uh, some people say, oh no, it's when we wait for the Catholic Church to saint somebody and tell them who's the saint and who isn't. No, no, no. When the word refers to saints, it's those who are believers who have the Spirit of God that's transformed their life. They are a saint. Now, tell me, at what age does a person become a saint? Any age. We have saints in this room right now, ranging in all age groups. Or do you, have you, do you believe on Jesus? Have you asked Him into your heart, Dusty? I know you have. You're a saint. No, she's not. Yes, she is. <laughs> I'm going to ask you questions in a minute, Misty. Come here. Come here. Come see me. Come see me. I love you. Because I love you. I was going to give you a hug because your mom was being mean to you. You can always come to me and I will always take your side. Always. So, the, so, so you guys, you kids, in kids' church, you've received Christ as your Savior. The Lord sees you as a saint. You may not all have your halos yet. I get that. But you know what I'm saying? You've got learning and growing to do. Teenagers, it's the same way. You don't have to wait to be old and chubby and bald to be a saint. And hopefully girls don't get there. That'd be bad, wouldn't it? I hope not. I was just looking at you three when I said it, and I thought, dear Lord, you just said old chubby and bald. I hope that never happens to you. I hope it don't happen to you either, bud, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. I wish it wouldn't have happened to me. <laughs> but saints. It says pray for all the saints. Always praying for the saints. So when we realize who a saint is, who should we be praying for? It's easy for us to think, well, if we're praying for the saints, well, that means pastor and, and pastor and pastor, and we should also pray for the board members. and pray. It's easy to think that way, isn't it? But you want to know who the saints are? It's the believers. And it's also these kids in our church that know Christ. 
Can I tell you, I've had so many accounts of pastors, of pastors, parents in this room, same difference, uh, leading their families and their children at home and they do bedtime prayer times and they kneel by their beds and they say prayers and the kids will bring up names they need to pray for and tell them, we need to pray for this one, we need to pray for this one, we need to pray for this one. Folks, you know why they're doing that? That's the Spirit of Christ in them. That's an awesome thing. Why? Because hopefully they've been around some people, you, this church, some people that believe that God can move in their lives. Lastly this morning, missions has no age on it. Uh, The Great Commission in Matthew 28 and Mark 16, it talks about, uh, I'll go ahead and read it, 19 and 20. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And then in 15 of Mark 16 he says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. When we start looking at all these things, and it's talking about go and make disciples of all nations, in all the world, in in, all creation, what what are we talking about? What age group makes up the world? What gender makes up the world? What race makes up the world? We can't do that. We can't, obviously, that makes sense, and there's no way we can sit here and say, well, the world is this and the world is this. The world is everybody. And when we go into the world and our missions and to be in missions mindset of going to the world, then we have to know and realize that the world is everybody. Everybody we come into contact with. So all of this, that all people are valuable. All people matter. Doesn't matter the race. Doesn't matter the gender. Doesn't matter anything. They are valuable to Christ. And as I have... Linda or somebody come to the piano. I don't know if Linda's even in here yet. If not, that's fine. Uh, but, oh, there she is. How could a woman looking as beautiful as Linda today hide so easily in this crowd? You're welcome. I love you. I'm just making up for my words from Thursday night. So, <laughs> Linda is a beautiful person. I appreciate her. Um, missions. When, when we talk about missions and the importance of it, Missions is is ingrained into the heart of our church. Now, those of you who did give and you have giving letters and stuff out here this last year, you're going to get it, you're going to open it, and there's a letter from me. Uh, The letter has a mistake in it. I said that over this last year we gave $50,600 towards missions giving. I was wrong. I miscalculated and misunderstood when I put that out because I didn't have the receipt from the Assemblies of God back yet until that was finished. And I get the receipt back from the Assemblies of God, and it said that our church, this little church here in Covington, gave over $53,000 just to AG missions, okay? Just AG missions last year. We give also to non-AG missions. We have missionaries that we support in other ways that are not Assemblies of God missionaries. And we also do local missions with uh, giving through outreach and benevolence and so on and so forth. With all of that together, folks, we have given, this church has given over $60,000 in missions-based funding last year rule of thumb to pastors what they tell you is you need to give uh, 10% of your tithe and income when we did the numbers we were just under 20% so we're a church that's founded on missions we'll talk more about that in detail in a couple weeks but we also are a church that loves people enough to do it our Genesis kids every age group gives to missions our Genesis kids Gave over $5,000 to BGMC this year. That's our kids giving that. Which I'm sure will be the highest in our division. In the Assemblies of God. I know, they they rank it. 
we might as well accept the reward. And then our, bo- our, our boys and girls, our young people in one student ministries gave over $8,000, a new giving record. I don't remember, 8300 and something. I don't even know where Zach is, but 8300 and some dollars, I think, 400 some, that was given to Speed the Light, which helps assist our missionaries with having the tools they need to reach, the, reach people groups with the gospel. And that'll probably be top giving for our division again. As a pastor... I had very little to do with those t- things, but as a pastor of the church, it warms my heart. Pastor Carl and Pastor Zach worked really hard. And our kids and our, and our, our teens worked really hard to do that. I'm sure some of you all, myself included, donated and helped with that. But what an awesome thing to say, this is who we are. And you have the numbers to back it up. So this morning, I wanna, I'm going to close our service out kind of in a special way. I want to have all of our kids, all of our Genesis kids, and all of our one student ministries, I'm going to ask you to do something that's really awkward, really uncomfortable. I'm going to have Sunshine Class come too. I love the Sunshine Class. They're fun. I want those three groups... Genesis Kids Church, One Student Ministries, and Sunshine Class. If you guys would, come up here and just join me and stare at people. It's uncomfortable, I know. You're going to be like, wow, I don't want to look at people. I don't want them to look at me. So just kind of spread out, spread out, spread out down over here. No, don't push each other. Don't push each other. Come on up, Ben. You can stand right here by me if you want. We, isn't this a good-looking group? Yeah. Hey. Hey, can you guys slide down a little bit? Ethan, can you move that way too? And Patrick? And There you go. Give us a little bit of room. Hey, bro. That's what I'm talking about. So, these people... I'm not supposed to have favorites, but these are some of my favorites, okay? I I want to tell you guys a story real quick. You ready? I come from a family. Make them look at my bald spot for a minute. They'll appreciate it. I come from a family that had five kids, all right? And I sit over dinner with Alyssa the other night. She said, I want to have a big family someday. And the problem with having a big family, she said, is is sometimes I get afraid that maybe all those kids won't get enough one-on-one time with with me or, or their dad to, to feel like they love them. I said, look, I come from a family of five kids and I can tell you this, that there wasn't one of us that one time ever felt like we didn't have the love we needed in our family. And those of you who come from big families, I know you probably get that and understand it. But I want you also to understand that this is a huge family. This, these people out here love you and they're praying for you. And I'm going to have them pray for you. Is that okay? Can I have them pray for you? That's the only reason I had you come up here so they can look at you and see that you're valuable, that you're important. And then I'm going to have them come lay hands on you and pray for you, if that's okay. Just simple prayer. I'm not going to make them come over here and like shake you and spit in your face and <laughs> slap you. No, I won't have them do that either. So I want you to know that there are people here that love you. Amen. That'd be a good place for amen, right? Amen. These people love you. And, and, and I'm going to challenge them to pray for you, not just today, but always. But here's, here's the other thing. I want you guys to know that this is your church family. 
And you don't have to know everybody's names, but I challenge you to say, when you do say prayers, Lord, would you just, would you just bless my church family? Would you just bless my church family? Because these people, they're going to be there for your graduation. They're going to be there for athletic events. They're going to be there for all kinds of things, big moments in your life. And these people are going to be there. They love you. I love you. And so now I'm going to turn around and talk to the older group of us and make them look at my bald spot. Would you be willing just to come up here and grab the hands of one of these kids and young people just quickly? Don't take forever. Would you be willing just to come up here and just say a prayer of blessing over them? Ask them their name. Tell them your name. Grab their hands. Pray a prayer of blessing over them. And then when we're done, I'm going to pray over everybody. And we're going to leave and go eat some soup. Mine's the best, but we're going to go eat it. Okay? So move now. Come come pray with some kids. Come grab their hands. Say a simple prayer over them. A prayer of blessing. The older is going to impart into the younger. Make them feel a little bit awkward with it. You a little bit awkward with it. That's okay. It's a good thing. Amen? Awkward moments are a good thing.